how to lower your website's bounce rate. Hey, I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host the Top 100 Marketing Podcast, Business Growth Show. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly email where I'm sharing actionable website and marketing tips, useful podcasts, free goodies and resources each and every week so you can kickstart your Monday with a bang. Give it a try over at businessgrowth.email. So first of all, what the heck is a bounce? Well, a bounce is basically where someone goes onto just one page of your website and exits. They don't go any further. They don't explore any other pages apart from that one. They just see something, don't like it, and they head to it somewhere else, maybe a competitor site or something else. And the reason that bounce rates, having a low bounce rate is so important is because it can really harm your conversion rate if your bounce rate is very high. So let me explain. So most of us with our websites, if we're B2B, then we probably want people to book a demo, maybe book a call, maybe fill out some kind of inquiry form or download something. So ultimately, that is the conversion point. That's the end goal we want. If the bounce rate is high, that means they're just visiting one page, exiting without exploring our content further and ultimately taking that desired conversion we want them to take to start a conversation and get a sale. Or if you're direct to consumer, maybe your conversion point is actually getting them to purchase. So they need to explore more content or products and make that end purchase. So according to SEMrush, a great conversion rate is anywhere between 26 to 40%. That's gonna be optimal. So if you've got something higher, then you may wanna review some of the points we're gonna share in today's episode. How can you check your bounce rate? Well, to check your bounce rate, you can install an analytics tool like Google Analytics. And if you dive in and install that on your website, it will allow you to check your general website bounce rate. Or if you want to check specific pages, you can do that too, i.e. your homepage, service pages, maybe a contact page, etc. So it can give you detailed stats over a specific set number of days on your site as a whole or specific pages. All right, let's jump in and share nine ways to lower your bounce rate and improve your website conversions. So number one is your page speed. As I often talk about on the podcast, page speed is the silent killer of websites and website conversions because you might never know what you're missing. Visitors, if they head to a website that loads slowly, they're just going to get frustrated, annoyed, bounce straight off your site and head to a competitor that gives them a more enjoyable, quicker, faster, better experience. So if you want to check your website page speed, you can head to a tool like PageSpeed Insights. It's going to give you useful stats so you can check out the page speed on your mobile and desktop version. It'll give you actionable tips what you can actually change to increase your speed. Often issues for low website speed are perhaps your platform is out of date. Maybe WordPress needs updating if you run WordPress or a similar platform. Maybe you're running lots of heavy plugins or maybe your plugins are out of date. Maybe you've got lots of heavy website scripts. Maybe you've got lots of high resolution, large scale images or videos that need to be shrunk down, optimized, or maybe click to play images to load up the videos. These kind of things are often causes for slow speeds. But yeah, use a tool like PageSpeed Insights, understand where you're at now, and you wanna aim for two seconds or less, ideally a one second page speed. It's gonna help your Google ranking. It's gonna give people a better experience and ultimately help improve that bounce rate. Tip number two is designing for both mobile and desktop. So the old practice used to be for websites years ago that you'd build what's called a responsive design. Basically that meant that the website adapted to the device it was opened on. So that might be a mobile phone, it might be a tablet, it might be a PC. Back in the day it was okay years ago, 
The website never looked amazing. It would kind of squash, squeeze to the device it was opened on and would never look amazing or perfect. Nowadays, the recommended practice is to design separately for your mobile view. So design out the screens before you code your site for mobile and also design out the screens for desktop. Um, in many cases, the search results for many sites on Google are kind of 60% weighted towards mobile. Now, this will vary on industry to industry, depending on where most of your prospects actually open their site from, i.e. if they're in office, from home, etc. But I recommend definitely doing a separate mobile design and desktop design if you're serious about getting results from your website. Now, there's actually a little hack. If you press F12 on Google Chrome, you can view your site. You can toggle between mobile views, tablet views, and desktop views, and then you can exit back to the desktop view. So you can actually see what your site looks like on mobiles, different types of tablets, and different types of PC just by pressing the F12 on your Google Chrome. It gives you a good idea. Or there is a tool called Browser Stack, which is a lot more advanced and really helpful to test different types of views. The reason it's so important is because if people have to mess around on their mobile, zooming in, squeezing out, going all around just to see your content and they can't really get the information they need fast, quickly, and it's not enjoyable to try and navigate and get to the piece of information or to contact you, they're going to bounce off and go to a competitor. So you need to make sure you're giving them the best possible experience. And also having a mobile friendly design is now a Google ranking factor. So it does affect SEO. So it's super critical to get this right. Number three is having clear, relevant, headlines so if we're talking about the home page ultimately as soon as someone lands on your home page before they scroll down they want to know exactly what you do how you help and then probably how to learn more or get in touch with you so your home page headline for example really needs to hit the mark and you can either take it one of three ways you can talk about kind of exactly what you do just clearly stating what you do secondly you can talk about how you help or how you improve people's business or lives or thirdly perhaps you can go for the main problem that you fix for businesses so focus on those things so as soon as someone hits your website homepage, they know exactly what you do and how you help and if you're on other pages for example maybe it's your pricing page you might want to say look this is our pricing rates here you'll find out about how much our things cost and if we're a good fit to do business with you or not so make your headlines clear show what you can do and don't confuse at number four, we've got simple menu navigation. So it should go without saying, really. Your menu nav should be super clear. Show all the main pages that people can find on both your desktop view and your mobile view. So I would recommend having what's called a stick, sticky menu nav. So that means when people scroll up or scroll down from your site, they can easily access the menu nav. They don't need to scroll back up, mess around for both the desktop view. And when you flick it to mobile, that your mobile menu is nice and easy to see. People can see those main things. And I also recommend having your main call to action fixed in both your desktop view and your mobile view. So in our case, web choice, we've got get a free quote and a standout orange button on the desktop. And if we flick it to mobile, you've got the option to click to call, click to inquire, or flip back to the home page or expand the menu. So people have got those main options. They don't have to stress. They don't have to mess around. They can easily flick to the page they want, contact us, give us a call in just a couple simple clicks with no stress. At number five, we've got have your main call to actions, your main CTAs above the fold. What does above the fold mean? It means before someone scrolls so at the top part of your homepage before scrolling down. So for example, on the webchoiceuk.com site, we've got our 
logo we've got our menu nav under that we've got our main headline then we've got those call to actions where people can click to view our work or portfolio or they can get a free quote and click through to our contact page likewise on the reviews page we've got the headline then we've got the option if people want to get a free quote or they can scroll down to view some of our customer video reviews yours might be something like on your results page maybe a call to action to view case studies and likewise a call to action to speak to a specialist request a demo or book a free 30 minutes consultation so you'll notice a lot of these points are just making people's lives nice and super straightforward they don't have to think they can just take those simple actions do what they want to do view your work get in touch learn more minimal stress and ultimately maximum conversion at number six we've got handle frequently asked questions and common objections in your copy so essentially, when someone goes onto a page, they might have found it through Google search, through SEO. They might have been directed for a paid paid advertisement through social media or elsewhere. So typically, when someone lands on the page, they want to understand that it's going to give them the answers that they need quickly. It shows that you're a trusted resource. It's going to handle any objections they might have and then make it easy for them to take the next step with you. Ideally, you want this page to avoid any jargon. So any technical lingo, unless it's something your customers use all the time, it needs to be nice and clear on the value prop you provide, solving those problems, answering those questions, and like we say, getting it easy as possible for people to take that desired next step. So for example, on our B2B SEO page on our site, we've got some copy about kind of how we do B2B SEO, how it works, what the processes are for keyword research, on-site work, off-site work. We've got a video that actually answers how long it takes to get page one rankings, which is quite in-depth. We've got Common questions at the bottom under the reviews, we've got answering things like what does SEO, how does it work, how does B2B SEO work, can you do your own, do you need a specialist? We're handling all these common questions we get. And if you're not sure about questions to leverage on this page copy, then listen to sales calls. So what are the common questions you get from prospects on a day-to-day? What are the common objections you get on a day-to-day? Make notes of the ones that are said the most and then start handling them in those copy. The good thing about this is it's gonna help your SEO because it's actually there's demand there. People are actually asking this all the time, so they're probably searching for it. So it's going to rank better on Google. It's going to give more impact. It's going to put people's minds at rest and make them more likely to stay on your page, consume more content, and get in touch with you. At number seven, we've got use social proof. So social proof is video reviews from clients. It could be testimonials. It could be case studies, statistics. It could be results, examples of how you've helped people And basically showing that your content, your copy on your website isn't all hot air. You're backing up your claims. You're showing through real life examples that you can actually do what you say you can do. So if we take a quick look at our WebChoice SEO pricing page, we've got all our packages. We've got details about how we do the activity. Then we've got some social proofs. We've got literally client testimonial videos. Then we've got a summary of kind of how the process works. Then we've got a video of me walking through the process. Then we've got some more reviews explaining we've got 200 plus client reviews and people can scroll through those that's a scrolling banner we've also got some social proof of the review sites that we use and then finally we've got a branded bar that basically says these are the logos of the clients that are approved that are well known that we've helped so mixture of video reviews written testimonials a rating websites and also logos of clients we've helped really to bolster these claims and basically show that we can do what we claim we can do so really think about ways that you can leverage testimonials, accreditations, video reviews, walkthroughs, so you can really give people confidence, build up that reputation and show that you can actually do what you say you can. And number eight is talk 
to your customers. So talking to your best existing clients, or if you're a brand new business, then talking to target prospects or target customers. And after you've reviewed your analytics and you understand the pages that are having a high bounce rate right now, ask them to take a good look at them. Get a sample size of maybe five to 10 customers. Ask them to review these pages that have got a high bounce rate and ask for them what they feel could be improved. Get their feedback. What do they like about it? What do they dislike? What do they feel is missing? What do they feel needs improving around your copy, your content, your text, around the layout, around the design itself? And then once you've got this feedback, ideally you want to record it on a video session or worst case on email. Note down the patterns, note down the things that are said most frequently, and then you can start testing those one by one making those tweaks, making those changes and see how they affect your results, how they affect the bounce rate and the conversion rate. At number nine, we've got A-B testing or split testing. And this is great if you're running advertising, if you're running things like Google ads, social ads, etc. What you can do is you can set up different pages. So you know the pages that have got a high bounce rate. You can assign different ads to go to different pages. So perhaps you've got one homepage with one headline. So maybe your headline on homepage A is all about a value prop and maybe homepage B is a headline with the problem, the key problem, the key frustration that customers come to you with. So you're testing how well each headline works if one has a better bounce rate than the other. And what I recommend when you're doing things like A-B testing is not to change everything to make small changes at a time so you can see what's actually impacting it. So you might change the headline on each the next go, you might change social proof, so different types of testimonials or case studies or reviews on the second time. Then you might test different colors of call to actions or different ways you worded the call to action. So it might be contact us on one landing page and the other landing page might be speak to a specialist today or book your free 30 minute consultation. So you're testing a generic call to action against a descriptive call to action. So my point is don't make tons of changes at once make small changes so you can see what has the best impact, what reduces that bounce rate, what gives you a better conversion rate. And then when you run those kind of experiments, you know what you need to keep, what you need to get rid of. And again, you can leverage also the customer feedback. And again, put those experiments, put those feedbacks into play, see what actually drives the results, stick with what does and get rid of what doesn't. There you have it. Those are my top tips on how to lower your website's bounce rate. I hope this episode has been useful. As always, if you're tuning in on the audio podcast, a quick rating or review really helps us on the show. So thanks in advance. Or if you're on the YouTube channel, a quick subscribe. I'd be very, very appreciative. And with that said, I should catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Chili Piper is an advanced scheduling solution for B2B revenue teams. Rather than listen to me ramble on, here's a super happy customer describing how Chili Piper has revolutionized the way they work. Chili Piper as a tool has just become part of our fabric. It's our meeting booking system for our prospects. And you'll be pleased to hear it just does it. It's like the ideal piece of software, which you don't have to babysit. It just does what it needs to do. My SDR team like using it as well. The main bulk of their role is outbound prospecting, which they use Chili Piper to book, book those meetings. Ultimately, they are booking meetings for the account executive. Their handoff is working you know, really well. You just heard there how Chili Piper can free up resources and turbocharge your productivity. Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R dot com slash BGS. chilipiper.com slash BGS.